Hello and welcome to the Accepted Podcast, a college admissions podcast for the savvy student. My name is Tyler Kusunoki. I am an admissions consultant working out of Tokyo with students from all over the world to help them achieve their college dreams. If you like what you're hearing and want to support this podcast, be sure to follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or your platform of choice. Follow us and hit this bell icon for notifications to stay up to date as well. Please also leave us a rating as it really helps this podcast reach more people and lets us know how we're doing. The other thing I would really encourage you all to do is comments, right? Please do leave comments. We love, love feedback. As an educator, feedback is my jam, right? Both giving it and receiving it. It really allows me to uh, better understand what is what needs to be worked on, what needs to, what content I should be focusing on delivering, right? And so um, I just would encourage you all, if you are enjoying the show and but you want specific things or you have specific questions that you would like to hear answers to or issues you would like me to tackle, please do leave a comment and let me know, okay? So just wanted to read one out uh, this week from Nat. Uh, and she uh, gives this podcast a five star, says the best. This is absolutely the best podcast for anyone interested in college admissions. Every topic is explored in much depth and advice is helpful and practical. I have listened to all the episodes from beginning to end at least twice by now and still feel I'm learning something new every time. He is definitely an expert on these topics and I appreciate very much him sharing all he knows with us, the audience. I really hope he will continue with this podcast series and we will hear new episodes soon. All right. Thank you, Nat, so, so much. It's good to know that you are not tired of my voice and even listening to all of this twice. I want that to be part of my goal as a podcaster, but mainly as an educator and deliverer of information is to provide a resource that is evergreen, right? That I want to be giving advice that is useful, even if you're listening to this three years from now when the college landscape will have changed entirely. Obviously, the goal is to stay as up-to-date as possible, but there are general truisms about how you should exist as a young adult. That is a huge part of my job as well that I do try to convey, and hopefully the, the insight and the humor and the knowledge and the advice will all continue to be useful for you, Nat, and for everybody else going forward. So thank you so much for that feedback. All right. And uh, please keep listening. Thank you so much. We are going to jump into a topic that I think is rising and it's important. Speaking of evergreen, but things change. That is a teacher rec. Uh, I want to spend this episode talking a little bit about teacher recs because as the landscape has been changing, and I'll talk a little bit about what those changes are, the significance of the teacher rec is also going to start to shift. So I tend to like to think about the application piece, right? The application that you submit as like several slices of pie. And at the end of the day, it needs to be a full circle, right? The pie needs to be whole, right? No one is going to submit a pie that is missing a slice. But when certain slices get removed, the size of the other slices, in order to make that pie still remain a complete circle, the size of those other slices needs to grow to compensate for that piece that is missing. Right? And so a good example of this that we've all experienced has been COVID and how that affected standardized testing. Right When standardized testing became optional and um, a lot of students chose not to submit their test scores, college admissions officers right, and you know students themselves all needed to figure out, well, what piece of the remaining things that you're submitting, right, your grades, your transcripts, your essays, your extracurriculars, your teacher recs, what piece is going to grow 
to make up for the fact that I'm not seeing test scores, right? For a lot of people, for a lot of schools, that was academics because that's the closest parallel, right? And to some degree, your extracurriculars. Like, I'm going to look at both of these things because, you know, the thing I'm looking to ultimately use the grades and the SAT scores for is a gauge of your academic potential. That's what those are. So I'm going to take a closer look at your school. I'm going to see that you are pushing your curriculum as far as it can be. Did you take any classes outside of school? What evidence can I find of your academic capability, right? in order to make up for the fact that I have this slice of academic capability, of evidence of academic capability that just isn't there, right? So that's an example of how admissions officers, ultimately, they are trying to get a view of a whole person, right? Or a whole pie, sure. Um, so what? how does that work, right? And what has happened recently is that a lot of metrics are starting to come under question, Okay, the test optional policy has been huge for a lot of students, especially students who are um, perhaps in a lesser financial situation, right? Test prep and paying for the test and traveling to the test, all of these things are hard. The recent introduction of the new SAT is also casting new scrutiny around how valuable of an assessment this is, given how honestly how simple the new SAT is, right, compared to its existing uh, its existing format and if this test can be changed so drastically, right? Cutting it down by a whole third in terms of time, removing the stamina aspect of it that this is kind of designed to test, right? And making it significantly, if that format can keep changing, then really, is it a standard? Is it a standard if I can keep changing what it is? So there's already scrutiny around that. The existence, I guess it's time to out myself a little bit, the existences of people like myself who provide guidance with extracurriculars, with essays, with overall high school planning, right? All of these pieces also raise some question around um, around the essays, especially. And this is before, even before ChatGPT came onto the table. The idea that this is a service that those who can afford to can pay for to have their essays polished, refined, that they even just having someone who is a good writer, who knows how to tell a good story, to brainstorm with them, right? To bounce ideas off of them and find that right story to tell, to find that clever analogy, find that little bit of humor in the story that is being told, right? That makes things, that is inequality, right? As well. And then, um, and then of course, with your extracurriculars, again, it's pay to play, right? The big the big criticism and the big thing that a lot of universities are trying to solve now is that ultimately most of these schools, especially the private ones, are businesses, right? So they need revenue. However, they are also supposed to be serving a public good, which is a high quality education. And the pressure to be able to demonstrate socioeconomic diversity in your incoming class means that the standards for accepting a student need to start to shift away from opportunities that people who have the resources to do so can just pay for or can just bring their child into a really fancy workplace like Google and give them a meaningful experience or access top tier researchers because their parents are in academia. All of these things speak of privilege. They reek of privilege. And so, so that's a lot of slices of pie that are under criticism. It's a lot of slice of pie, slices of pie that are being questioned. And not to say that these are going to be pulled away. Obviously, I have to work with what I've got. 
right? And I'm not going to say like, well, we don't care about the whole student or we're going to view everything that we read with suspicion because we because whatever. But however, there is this element that at the end of the day, all of these pieces, every single one of those pieces of pie has an inequality built into it. And that is that someone else can help create this experience, create this piece of your resume that isn't the student themselves. Whether that be having a professional writer edit your essays, right? Having parents who help set you up and pay for very expensive extracurricular activities or sports, right? Um, the grades to some degree are uncontrollable, but parents with power and influence at a school know this isn't true, right? That there are things that can be done. And academic inflation at different schools certainly is a thing as well. And so like as we go down the list of what a student is even submitting to begin with, there are a high number of things that are increasingly under scrutiny. And so that's where the teacher recs come in. And of course, teacher recs can fall under the same challenges as all these other things, right? Parents can have kind of an outspoken influence on what a, what a teacher says or doesn't say. Gifts are a thing, right? There's all these different things, of course. But teacher recs are ultimately supposed to be confidential, right? You submit, teachers submit the letter without the student ever having a chance to read it, without the parents ever having a chance to read it. Same thing with counselors, right? These letters are submitted confidentially, right? They are submitted separately to the schools, right? These are not given to the student for the student to then send in. They are, if they are submitted by mail, which some schools still require, it's through us. it's in a sealed envelope. And so, there is a degree of reliability in terms of whatever you do say, right? It's going to not have received the influence of the person who's most invested in getting into this and the family who's most invested in getting into this university, right? And so there's a degree of reliability there, which is great, right? It is also a space where a, an admissions officer can get a very clear read, right, of their academic capability, because this is a teacher talking, right? Their academic capability, their fit within a classroom, right? Um, and then everything else is kind of bonus, right? But that becomes one way for me to assess if I'm looking for, will this student fit in my, in, on my campus in our classrooms? A teacher rec becomes a great way because that's primarily what a teacher is assessing, right? A teacher is not assessing, are they some awesome entrepreneur, right? The teacher is assessing, right, how diligently and how productive are they? in a classroom, in a group setting, right? In a group learning environment. So the teacher recs are, especially when I am looking for fit, right? When I am looking to build a class, right? Teacher recs, due to the fact that they are confidential, right? Due to the fact that they help speak to a student's academic capabilities. And I think due to the fact that colleges are looking for ways to in the U.S. mainly. Um, if you are applying to the U.K. or applying elsewhere, don't worry about this as much. This is very much a U.S. kind of thing because they are looking for not just the academically capable student. They're looking for the person whose personality and whose experiences and culture are going to contribute to a good class. And so that is something they're also going to see and that they can read with some degree of confidence because it is confidential, right? That's the value, right? There's, there's some guarantee. Everything else in the application process, there's no guarantee that there has been no tamper, tampering. There is no way to guarantee that this is 
honestly just the student. But the teacher rec is honestly just the teacher. You can suck up as much as you want. You can do it at the end of the day. The teacher writes it and the teacher sends it out and doesn't need your approval of what is sent out. And that is very powerful for an admissions officer, right? Um, in a world where so much else is under suspicion. Okay, so I can see, in addition to the interview, right, the teacher recs are something that I really see taking on a greater importance, a greater significance right, in the application process. So how do you go about making sure you're secure when you just told me that sucking up is not, cannot, not, won't necessarily help? Yes, but it also is something that you should be doing. At the end of the day, these teachers want to, they want, of course, they want you to succeed, right? But if you are not reaching out to them, if you are not building a relationship with them, it's not going to happen. I've told this story a couple times before, but I firmly believe that Miss Wong, my English teacher, and the rec letter she wrote is the reason why I got into any university. Um, I was an okay student. Um, I was also a very dedicated tennis player. So grades were kind of eh. I, I, I was competitive in terms of the classes I was taking, but I would say that I was solidly, like, slightly above middle of the line when I was in high school. Um, but I loved English. Um, English is my major. English is what I pursued, and um, and I had and you know turns out my bus ride home right. Miss um, Wong took that same bus um, because she had to get off at a stop that was kind of on the way, and so me being a very reclusive high schooler right didn't have anyone to talk to on the bus right. Normally I would just sleep, um, but. Um, what started with a, hey, Ms. Wong, can I just really talk to you about some of my paper ideas, right, became a daily conversation on the bus. And it's like an hour bus ride, right, home, where we just talked about everything, right? It started with talking about a paper, but it merged into life. It merged into what do I want to do with I grow up, right? How do I think about this particular author, right? Um, are there challenges that I see at, at my high school that I would want to challenge? It became all this other stuff, right? And so on top of performing well in class, I now had all of these other separate conversations, right, that she could refer to, to assess my personality, right? She showed me, after I was accepted to college, right, as a kind of quote-unquote graduation gift, she showed me her rec letter. She showed me the rec letter that she had written for me. And a lot of it was very, very nice, right? But there was a sentence that always will stick out to me, right, where she says, you know, Tyler, at the end of the day, is the locus of morality of this class, and will be for any community that he becomes a part of, right? Boom. I was, what? That is so beyond anything that I would have hoped would have been written about me. But given everything else that I was submitting as part of my application, I'm fairly confident that this had a very big role in my getting in. And so the point of this story here is that quantity time is going to lead to quality time. Finding more time to talk with your teacher is going to lead to more opportunities for the teacher to not just get to know who you are as a student, but to get to know who you are outside of the classroom and then be able to speak to those things. It's when you ask for a research opportunity and you're both sitting there looking for ways to go about researching a particular topic that you're going to bring up, right, the, your family, you're going to bring up this charity that you really care about, you're going to bring up the things that you do for fun, 
right? It's when it's in between converse, like constant dialogue about how to study better, how to improve your homework, right? How to improve your test scores, right? It's in it's those moments in between that there will be opportunity for them to not just see you how you are as a student, but who you are beyond that. And these are all important, right? So. I have a lot of students who are like, ah, oh, but I feel like I'm going to bother them. Ah, oh, no, I don't really have any questions. Come up with questions and know that you're not bothering them. So I always encourage my students to make meeting, spending time with teachers that they think will know them well and can and have a solid relationship with, right? Make sure to almost put on your planner, I'm going to spend some time with this teacher this week. And here's how and what I'm going to do, right? You cannot absentmindedly go into this and hope that at the end of the day, you're going to have a teacher who has something good to write about you, right? All of you juniors, right? Now is the time, right? Because you're going to need to be asking one, two of your junior year teachers. So it's very important for you to start being intentional, right? Isn't that really manipulative? Da, da, da. It seems very calculating. Yeah, the college application process is very calculating. Put time on your calendar to meet with your teachers, the teachers that you think will be most helpful to you every week, right? Come with questions, right? They could, I've had many students who have found incredible summer opportunities through their teachers. I have students who have even just start, what started off with me telling them, hey, it's your English teachers go ask them for a summer reading some for summer reading suggestions, right? And that conversation turned into a whole series of further conversations that ultimately helped. Right? Think about who you want to write your recs. Start being very intentional about building those relationships, right? And understand that your teachers are a resource for things outside of the thing they're specialized in, right? Your history teacher probably has a lot of other wisdom that they can that he or she can give you beyond the causes of the civil war right these are adults right do not confine them to their subject expertise right they are adults and they have chosen a profession that is grounded on helping kids right but they have 80 90 kids they're working with every week right Make your needs and how you need support known. And from that, you will have the opportunity to build a relationship that can be meaningful, that can turn into solid content that they can talk about, that they can write about, that they can give specific examples about where they say, look, this kid is so far above and beyond anything that you will ever see. You need this kid in your classroom. You need this kid on your campus because your campus will be better because of it. Wouldn't you want your rec to say something like that? Okay, put in the work. Right? Make it so that that statement can be true. All right, that is it for today. And I hope this was helpful. Teacher Rex, I will go more into this a little bit later on kind of other teacher recs that you can potentially secure. I really do think teacher recs are going to be a big deal going forward. 
and making sure that you can secure good ones is important as well. Okay, thanks for listening to the Accepted Podcast. Again, my name is Tyler Kusunoki. We hope you should enjoy today's topic on Teacher Rex. Join us next week for more on the complex world of college admissions. If you like what you're hearing and want to support this podcast, be sure to leave us a rating on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or your platform of choice. Subscribe and hit the bell icon for notifications to stay up to date as well. We also host regular events, both in person and online. So if you're interested in attending free info sessions with me and real admissions officers, check us out at tokyoacademics.com slash events. That is tokyoacademics.com slash events. That's it for today. And remember, the key to getting in is getting ready. Thank you.